It is good to see everyone here today. Have you ever been in a really bad storm? We've all experienced storms. We've all, you know, experienced, uh, 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 well, yeah, storms. You don't experience life without storms. Have you ever been in a really bad one? I mean, I can think of a few that I've been in uh, in my life that, that uh, yeah, yeah, Kenny's back there waving because the guys just got back from Florida. And I understand you were out on the ocean doing some uh, fishing or trying to. That's what you do, yeah, but you were really returning your lunches, right? It was pretty rough. I mean, you know, the storms can be, can be pretty bad. I remember one time we were driving back. We were driving, we'd been to Youngstown, Ohio, and we were driving home. We were actually driving to Indy, to my parents' house, and it was raining and pouring so hard. I mean, sheets of ice, uh, uh, of rain, I mean, just sheets of rain coming down, so bad you couldn't see, you know, five feet in front of the car. I mean, the, the, uh, it was the, probably the worst storm that I've ever had to drive in, the worst rain. And I just got behind, ended up getting behind a semi, fixating on the taillights, and just going wherever those taillights went. Hopefully, they were going the way that I wanted to go. I mean, it was, it was that bad, and it was so stressful. And so crazy, you know, and the, the, the kids were in the car and, and you know, and, and Lisa and we're just, you know, we're going along and I'm just praying the whole way and we get all the way through Ohio. It's, it's like, it's so bad. We get into Indiana, we get to the outskirts of Indianapolis and uh, coming in, I think it was on I-70, we're coming in and I came this close to just pulling over and instead of going the last you know, 20 minutes or whatever to my parents' house, I came this close to just pulling over and saying, we're getting a room for the night. This is crazy. But I didn't. We went the rest of the way. I mean, it's, storms can be crazy. There's another one, one that probably stands out the most in my mind when I think of storms. Um, we were on vacation. Our family was on vacation in Ohio, and we were on a two-story log cabin in, on uh, Lake St. Mary's. I mean, and this was a log cabin. This wasn't, you know, Lincoln logs. You know, these weren't little things like this, you know. The, these logs were, were, were like this, okay, each one. It was like, this thing was solid. And this storm blew across through the night. In the middle of the night, the storm comes across the lake and, and hits us. And um, often I don't wake up in storms, okay? I just sleep right through them sometimes. And, and, but this one woke me up. And I, you know, I, I, I woke up, I was wide awake, so I started to go downstairs. Now, the stairway would go, was going down this way, and then right at the end of the stairs, uh, after a little bit of the landing, was a window, probably, you know, this far from the stairs, there was a window directly ahead of it. I'm halfway down the stairs, and all of a sudden, lightning struck right outside of that window. And it was the loudest thunder, and most, you know how some thunder rolls in? This was the loudest and most sudden thunder I'd ever heard in my life. And I'm halfway down the stairs, and all of a sudden, boom, this thing hits. I jumped. All of a sudden, I was, I was in the air and then at the bottom of the stairs, just like that. I don't know when I've ever been so scared in my life. I thought the whole place was going to come in on my head. 
I mean, seriously, it was that bad. That struck right outside that window, and I wondered, are we going to make it through this or not? Storms can be pretty intense. Now, I actually like storms, most of them. I like, I, I figure, you know, if it's going to rain, it might as well thunder and lightning and get some excitement out of it, right? Instead of just, how, anybody else like that? Instead of just a boring rain. Boring rain is boring. You know, I like a little bit of action. I like a little bit of noise and all that. I didn't like it that time. Uh, there, you know, there's, there, there are times when, when a storm can be even, you know, too intense for me. Um, it's, 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 it's crazy. But storms can be frightening. It's what I want to talk about today. Not necessarily thunderstorms, but any kind of storm. We're going to see today that no matter how fierce and no matter how frightening a storm can be, that God is with us in the midst of the storm. We're in week three of our series, God With Us. And the key verse for this going through this series has been Matthew 1.23 that says, Look, the virgin will conceive a child. It's actually quoting from Isaiah. The virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. God is with us. The whole miracle of Christmas that we celebrate, the miracle of Christmas is that the eternal God took on a human body and actually lived among us as a human being. At Christmas, we are reminded of Jesus' humanity as he took on human flesh. The word we use for this, the theological term, is incarnation. We sing about it. Every time we sing the Christmas carol, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. When you sing songs, you ever listen to the lyrics? Whenever we sing, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, part of the song says, Veiled in flesh the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity. Pleased as man with men to dwell, Jesus our Emmanuel. You ever thought about that? Ever thought about what that means? Veiled in flesh the Godhead see. It means look at God. He's taken on the, a body of flesh. He's taken on a, a body of a human being. And, and, and then um, uh, hail the incarnate deity, greetings to God. You give greetings to God in this human body. Pleased as man with men to dwell. God is pleased to live among us in the person of Jesus. He's pleased to live among us as a man. Jesus, our Emmanuel. This Jesus who was born to Mary and Joseph in the manger is God himself who has come to live upon the earth as one of us. Now, when you think about that, that has huge implications for each one of us. It means that he experienced life as we experience it. He experienced the ups and the downs. He experienced the joys and the pains and sorrows of life on this earth, just like you and I do. His experience as a human being was real. And while he never stopped being God... He lived completely in the power of his humanity. So he knows what it's like. He knows what it's like to go through what you're going through. And even though his physical body ascended to heaven, he now still lives with us through the Holy Spirit. It means that he's with us in the valleys of life, as we learned in week one. 
We saw that God, you know, we, we enjoy God on the mountaintops. We all love mountaintop experiences. We, we, we enjoy God there. It's great. Things are going wonderful. But we really get to know him in the valleys. That's when you really get to know God intimately is in the valleys. Week two, we saw that he's, he's also with us as we go through wilderness experiences and times of wandering. We saw that, that in week two that our deepest need becomes a gift when it drives us to depend on God. Anything that drives us to depend on God is a gift. And when we begin to realize that, it changes our whole perspective and allows us to embrace the wilderness experience. So if you have something that's driving you to your knees and driving you to depend on God, instead of looking at that as a curse, begin to embrace it as a gift because it's driving you to the one that can make a difference, the one that is the difference. Now, just as God was with us in the valley and God is with us in the wilderness, he's also with us in the storm, even though we don't always feel like it, even though we don't always realize it. The experience of a storm often causes us to question ourselves. I mean, we can, you know, we, we question whether, you know, is there something I should do to get out of this? Is there something I can do to make this stop? Or we question, you know, maybe there's something we should stop doing. You know, maybe if I stop this in my life, maybe if I stop that, I can get out of the storm. God, what do you want me to do? Or what do you want me to stop doing? We begin to question that. We begin to question what the cause of the storm is. But one thing is important is we never let the presence of a storm cause us to doubt the presence of God. Don't ever let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. The presence of a storm is not an indication of the absence of God. Doesn't mean that he's checked out, because he hasn't. He's promised to always be with us, to never forsake us. He's still with us, and he always will be. He is present with us in the storm. This morning, we're going to look at a, uh, an account of someone in the Bible who experienced uh, God's presence in a storm. And this was a literal storm, okay? There's all kinds of storms. Uh, this was a literal storm. Let me set the stage. The Apostle Paul is who we're going to be talking about. The Apostle Paul, he'd been arrested and held in prison for preaching Jesus. Wasn't popular with the Jews. It was causing riots, causing problems. He was arrested. He's been held in prison. And, and as a Roman citizen... <clears throat> When he, uh, 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 he, he made an appeal, he said, I appeal my case to Caesar. Now, when a Roman citizen would appeal their case to Caesar, if that appeal was accepted, then they were sent to Caesar and they were able to, to present their case right before Caesar. So he appealed his case to Caesar and that was granted. So he was put on a ship under guard, still under guard, still a prisoner, and they started heading to Rome. They get a little long ways along, and the, 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 the season's getting a little bit you know, later in the season. The weather starts getting a little rough, and Paul warns the ship's captain, he says, and the, and, and the guards. He says, you know, we need to wait until winter has passed. We need to wait on this because I fear that, you know, if we continue to go on, there's going to be much loss of life and cargo and, and danger to the ship and all of that. We're headed for dangerous territory. But the place where they're at wasn't a safe place to 
to uh, winter, to go through the winter. So, you know, they thought maybe if we can get a little bit farther. So weather turned, you know, a couple of days turned nice. And they thought, okay, this is our chance. We're going to go to someplace safer. And they get on their way, and all of a sudden, a storm starts brewing. Not just starts brewing. It suddenly, it just, it just comes up, and the weather gets rough. And, you know, uh, uh, Paul, you know, uh, uh, is on ship, and he's thinking, man, they should have waited. They should have waited. But nobody paid attention. They sailed on, and they sailed right into a huge storm. I mean, the sea was tossing them all around. You guys that were in Florida? Yeah. The, she, the sea was tossing them, you know, all around. And, and it went on and on, and they started, you know, it just got worse, and it got worse, and they started uh, the, throwing their cargo overboard to lighten the ship, hoping that the ship won't sink then, and the cargo's all gone, and then they, they, they throw the ship's tackle overboard. They're throwing everything overboard that they can, and the storm continued to rage, and that's where we're going to pick up in Acts chapter 27, verse 20. It says, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days... And the storm continued raging. We finally gave up all hope of being saved. I want to pause right there for a minute. We finally gave up all hope of being saved. (coughs) There's not much worse than the feeling of giving up or having given up all hope. Is there? Think about it. There's not much worse than that feeling that there is no hope left. You're just doomed. When a person gives up all hope, fear and dread and despair begin to take over. When a person gives up hope, they quit trying to get out of their situation. And they just resign themselves to what they are convinced is inevitable. I may as well just give up. All is lost. All is gone. They can't see any way out. And they're convinced that there can't be one. But when God is present, there is always hope. Always hope. So what this first candle on the wreath represents are hope. Our deliverance starts with hope. Verse 21, after they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you would have spared yourselves this damage and loss. But now I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood besides me, beside me. Okay, so in this instance, you know, they were in a storm of their own making. All right, Paul lets him know that. You guys, you know, you asked for this. It was a storm of their own making. Some storms are. They had ignored the warnings and set sail anyway. I mean, have you ever been in a situation like that? You ignored warnings, and you did something you know you shouldn't have done, and all of a sudden your life just falls apart, and there's, there's, you're just, you know, you're, you're in the storm of your life because you ignored warning signs. Um, I remember some of you were old enough. Um, I, how many are old enough to know who Keith Green was? 
Keith Green, okay, few of you, okay, few of us. Um, Keith Green was one of the early contemporary Christian singers. Um, and he, I mean, God was using him in a, in, in a, in a powerful way uh, through his music. I mean, his music were ones that, that, that really would, would speak conviction to your heart and just very, very much, you know, um, what's the word I want? Um, I mean, they make you think, okay? And he was, you know, God was using him in a, in a mighty way, speaking some things into, into the church and, and that, well, he was killed in a small plane crash um, a number of years ago. I mean, I remember, this was huge news. I remember exactly, I can take you exactly to the place where I was standing when I heard it on the radio that Keith Green had been killed in a plane wreck. It was in the, actually, log cabin where I was talking about a minute ago. But it, I, I, t- I can tell you exactly where I was standing. And, and you know, it was that, it was that, impacting um and i thought and everybody said like god how could you let this happen why him i mean you're using him in such a powerful way why keith green how could this happen and i found out later he was with a um a family he and his family were together they were actually um um with, with a vineyard church planting team uh, at the, at the time, and they and when they went up in the small craft, they overloaded the plane. There were more people. There was more weight on board than what the plane could handle, and they all oh, will be fine. Well, you know, we're going to be okay. They got up in the plane, and the plane crashed. I mean, when we make choices like that, there are consequences to our choices, right? Well, sometimes we find ourselves in a storm that is of our own, do- own doing. You know, maybe a financial storm. We, oh, how am I going to pay all these bills? Well, we've, you know, run up charge card, things we can't afford, and, and all of this, and we find ourselves. Anybody, you know, I want to ask who's, who's done that. You know, we've all done that, I think, or most of us. And, you know, bill comes due, and somehow we think when we charge it that, well, later we're going to have the money to pay for it, but yet we don't because things haven't changed and you know or sometimes it's a bad relationship we've gotten in a relationship because we've ignored warning signs gotten involved with somebody we shouldn't have and and and, you know we've been warned and all that but there's you know uh there's all kinds of storms and when we ignore you know warnings when we ignore wise counsel we steer ourselves in the direction of the storm in acts 27 paul had warned them that it was too dangerous you can't do this. We're, we're headed for danger. We're headed for a storm. But they ignored his warnings and sailed right into a storm of hurricane force. That's what a nor'easter is. It was a nor'easter. It's a storm of hurricane force. So they're in a mess of a situation. Now, not all storms are our own doing. Some are. Some aren't. And we've probably all had both, right? We've probably all had some that we walked right into, and others we just caught us by surprise. Not all are undoing, but in this case, it was. But even still, God sent an angel to stand beside Paul. And Paul, as well as those with him, because of Paul's presence, Paul was not alone. And neither was anybody else on that ship because Paul was with them. God sent an angel to stand beside Paul. Paul wrote to Timothy another time, when his companions, his friends, had all deserted him. 
that all gotten scared and run. You know, Paul was in prison. And they all they they had all run. They'd all abandoned him. And and 2 Timothy 4:16 says, Everyone deserted me. But then he says, But the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength. The Lord stood at my side and gave me strength. In your storm, look for the Lord standing next to you, standing by you, because he's there and he's ready to strengthen you. Whether the storm is of your own doing or, or, or not, he's standing there by you, ready to strengthen you. He doesn't leave you alone. The psalmist said in Psalm 16, 8, I know, the, I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he's right beside me. I know he's always with me. I will not be shaken, for he's right beside me. The awareness of his presence in the midst of the storm gives us stability gives us the, the, the ability to stand and to stand strong. When we know he's with us and we're looking for him, we're looking for him, we're listening to him, you know, we can hear him encourage us, we can hear him directing us, telling us, you know, this is what you need to do or this is whatever, you know, he speaks to us. And he strengthens us. Listen to what Paul, to, uh, what Paul said then, in starting in verse 23. It says, last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, don't be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar, and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So take courage, for I believe God it will be just as he said. Something key I want us to see here. A few things, that, several things that, that uh, the angel said. First, he said, don't be afraid. Now, why did he say that? Because when a storm hits, we're afraid, right? Let's be honest. When a storm hits, a bad storm, fear comes in. Because the enemy lies to us. And the enemy says, oh, you're doomed. You're, you're, you know, you've really had it now. This is going to be the end. This storm's never going to end. You, you know, this is going to be the end of you. And, and it's, but he said, no, don't be afraid. Because we become fearful when we're convinced that the worst-case scenario is going to happen. And that's often the case. Second, he said, you must stand trial before Caesar, or you must stand trial before Caesar. I, this is key to this whole piece. The whole understanding of the storm is right there. You must stand trial before Caesar. Why do you think he said that? He said that because the angel was reminding Paul of what the Lord had already told him. The Lord had already told Paul, you are going to stand before Caesar. So he is reminding Paul of what the Lord had told him. Paul, you know, and, and you know, that, that, he would be, that he would stand before Caesar and God's plan hadn't changed. So the angel was reminding him of the bigger picture, reminding him of what God had already spoken. And if Paul could count on it when he had spoken it early, Paul could count on it still. Sometimes we need to look beyond the, the, um, the current wind and waves and remind ourselves of the bigger picture. Remind ourselves of the things that God's spoken to us in the past. 
the promises that he's made, the things that he has told us, because his promises are still good. And the presence of a storm or the rising up of a storm doesn't negate the promises of God. God had said, you're going to stand before Caesar. He had told Paul that. He had promised him that. And that still stood valid. Sometimes we ask God for direction. Say, what should I do? What do you want? What's your will and all of this? What, what, what do you want? When really what we need to do is go back to the last thing that we know he told us. You know, I went out when we moved to Fort Wayne. Um, I think I've shared this before. We moved to Fort Wayne, and um, God had, I felt God's call, said, you know, I want you to go into ministry. Didn't know what all that looked like yet, but said, I want you to go into ministry. And so I went to school in Fort Wayne to study, and, and uh, it was a two-year program that I was going to. And uh, halfway through the program, at the end of the first year, they came in and said, we are changing up this program. Instead of being academically based, we are now going to a discipleship-based program. And, you know, I had just come through IU. I was used to the academic and, and, and all of that. And I, I was like, what, 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 do I, what do I do? This isn't what I signed up for. They're changing it right in the middle of it. I'm not even through it. I'm halfway through it. They're changing the rules on me. This is not what I signed up for, right? You ever feel that? And, and a number of, there was a lot of disgruntlement. There was a lot of, you know, people not happy. We had people transferring to ORU and some to Concordia Seminary, people transferring to different places. And we are wondering, Lisa and I are wondering, what, what, what do we do now? And it boiled down to this. God specifically, we were convinced that God specifically told us, go to school there. Go to that school. He had not told us any different. So we hung on to that and said, okay, God, unless you tell us different, we're going to stick with what you told us in the first place. And I'll tell you something, I learned more about life, about attitudes, about my own heart through that second year of the program than I ever would have had we stuck to the original plan. Sometimes what we need to do is go back to the last thing that we know God told us and stick with that. Third, said God had graciously given you all the lives who sail with you told that to Paul. Not only are you going to be rescued, in other words, you know, not only are you going to be rescued, but, but so are those with you. Paul tells this to those on board the ship, and then he tells them this. Paul says, so take courage, people. Take courage, for I believe God. It's going to be just as he said. In the midst of the storm, Paul took the encouragement that he received and turned around and used it to encourage the others that were with him. See, as a believer, when we're in a storm, we have a voice. And we have a choice on how to use that voice. We can either join with the others, mimic and repeat everything everyone else says. Oh, we're doomed. We're sinking. We're all going to die. 
I mean, that was the attitude of everyone on the ship. We're all going to die. All is lost. There's no hope. Or we can take a stand of faith and say all is not lost because God is with us in this. He is faithful and he will see us through this. He is going to deliver us. And as you read through the rest of the story, you see that God delivered him exactly as Paul was told. The ship was lost, ship ran aground, broke up, but not one life of anybody on, that, on board that ship was lost. We can be a voice of doom or we can be a voice of encouragement and strength because we've been in the presence of God and because God is with us and he is speaking to us and he is encouraging us. Sometimes we just need to open our ears and listen and to open our eyes and watch for what he's doing. See, we need more voices like that. We need more voices that are voices of encouragement and voices of strength. And rather than looking at the worst and saying the worst is going to happen, rather than that, say, no, God is here with us, and he's the one that makes the difference in the storm. You know, voices that, that instead, of, instead of letting the storm drive us to fear and drive us to despair and, and lose hope, instead let the storm drive us into the presence of God and encourage others to do the same. We don't need any more chicken littles running around you know, speaking doom and gloom. We need more voices saying there is a reason to hope when Jesus is present. He holds the power over the storm. Psalm 46 says, God is our, is our shelter and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we'll not be afraid, even if the earth is shaken and the mountains fall into the ocean depths, even if the seas roar and rage, and the hills are shaken by the violence. I mean, think of that. Picture that. Even if the earth is shaken, and the mountains are, you know, shake so much that they fall into the depths of the ocean, even if the seas roar and rage, no matter what's going on around us, the hills are shaken by the violence, even if all that goes on, He's our shelter, he's our strength, he's always ready to help in times of trouble. The storm doesn't dictate the outcome. The Lord does. God is with us in the valley. He's with us in the wilderness. And he's with us in the storm. Never let the presence of the storm cause you to doubt the presence or the proximity of God. And someone once said, I don't know who said this originally, but someone once said, never, never doubt in the dark what God has said in the light. What has God spoken to you? What are those things that you know God has said? What are those things that you know he's spoken to you? Take those to the bank. You can count on them. Let's have the worship team come on up.